I want to emphasize something that uh, someone had shared at the end of your worship this morning, and I think Colin had shared, Colin's not with us, he went downstairs, but he, he shared this really well. After all of you got done singing, he said, good job! <laughs> and I think that sometimes uh, we just need to, I just want to take a step back and tell you, uh, thank you for being here, thank you for, for taking it to beginning uh, your Sunday, beginning your week uh, when it's beautiful out. And I know that there's, there's oftentimes some pools in other directions, but you made it a priority to be here this morning. And, and we thank you uh, for your grace, for your worship. Uh, you recognize that this is important to be in the house of the Lord as you begin a new, a new week. So thank you for your worship. Thank you for your presence. And now uh, in this place, we're, we're going to glorify the living God with the reading of his word. And um, we... We went over, uh, can you, if you can put Psalm uh, 40, verses 1 through 3 up there. We have a, um, a, a new series we started last week called A New Song. And here's what uh, Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3 says, For the director of music of David, a psalm. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock, and he gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God that many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Today, uh, we're, we're talking about a new song. And I know that kind of gets, confu- can maybe can be confusing if you think I'm trying to get you to, to write a new song. That's not exactly what I'm trying to do, but, but we've, we've already sung about this a little bit. Blessed assurance, okay? We're going to do fill in the lyrics again, okay? This is my, yes, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long, right? We also did this in the other song, in, in the other song just a little bit ago. I love to tell the, yeah, so this is, we've got lots of old stories. We've got stories that they, we remember and we talked last week how songs often uh, stick in our head because there's a melody and lyrics to them. And we can pull songs from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. And all of a sudden, all these lyrics just start pouring out. Like, how did we remember that? I didn't even remember that was still in my brain, but here it is. It's just coming out as the melody to that song continues. But the challenge with this series is that you recognize is just as they've, they've had all these old songs and songs that we've had, that have meant something to you, that you get your new song. That means you get your revelation from God. You can identify this new season in your life as the season are changing as well as we're, we're kind of finally coming out of the pandemic. As there's something new that is happening, what is your new revelation? What is it that God is speaking to you now? Because the truth is that he's always speaking. The question is whether or not... We are listening. And so before we jump even into a new song this, this morning, I want to try to begin and, 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 and hopefully have a little fun or with this. Because part of what I want, uh, what I'm hoping for is that some of you will contact me throughout the week or, or in person, whatever it is. And, I, and it just maybe you have a testimony. You have a testimony of what God has been showing you, what the Lord has done in your life through this, this pandemic season as we enter in a new season now. But it also begins with just maybe you have some of the old songs, some of the old lyrics 
that really, really means something to you. So Nick's got a microphone. If you want to use the microphone, you can. But I love what, maybe you think of some of the old hymns. Maybe it's an old hymn or a contemporary song. Uh, I'd love for someone just to, just, just to share what are some of the more powerful lyrics to you that you get to sing in a song that always means something to you. Anybody have, what are some, some lyrics that really mean something to you? Go ahead. Oh, you got one, Vanessa, go. Just as I am. Just, but you got to give me some of those lyrics. <laughs> Just as I am without one plea but that. I, I, I wasn't going to make her sing, but you did, and you got that out of her. That was empowering. Great job. So what did that song mean to you? No, she doesn't want to do it. <laughs> you don't have to sing, but man, if you do, we're, we're taking, Vanessa took it to another level really quick. Well, this is the last words of a song. I'll trade it someday for a crown. And I'll trade it someday for a crown. That's the end of Old Rugged Cross. That's right, Old Rugged Cross. Bingo, I'm looking at you because I know you got to have something. Because you, you, Bingo's always got some old hymns that can we sing this one every once in a while? That one's one of my favorites. What's a song that always just rings in your mind, some lyrics that you always think of that, that really means something to you? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. Power. There's wonder working power. There's wonder working power in the blood. In the blood. That's. There is power, there is power, wonder-working power in the blood of, of the, the Lamb. There is power, there is power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Amen. Thank you, brother. Good job, Bingo. That was great. Now, I assume you're saying these songs because whenever you get to that point in the song, it means something to you. Anybody else? We can do a couple more. Anybody else want to want to share some lyrics? Father Don's got some. What's a couple lines from "How Great Thou Art"? Oh Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds Thy hands hath made. Good word, nice job, Father Don. I can't sing. You, you just did. I think he just got recruited to the choir. <laughs> All right. Coming soon, right? Maybe coming soon. Oh, we got another one back here. And I am not singing. I am not singing. No one wants to hear that. Um, just amazing grace and the whole, all the words. And amazing yeah, you just got to give me a line. You got to give me a line. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I saw your voice went up a little bit, so we're going to call that singing when you did just now. All right. Well, we've got some... Old, so we did last week just pops, just regular uh, pop culture songs that stick in your head. But these, what? Tired of listening to me? Or yeah, sorry, mixed it up. <laughs> uh, I was like, there's no way we ran out of batteries on this. This is a fresh batteries. But uh, you thought I was going to sing again. But the, but you've got some of these. Oh, we've got songs in, from our pop culture that just just go through our heads. But now you've also got songs that really mean something to you about. Uh, what the Lord has done in your life. And I wonder if you could, and I want, I want to encourage you as your pastor to remind you that you can have those kinds of moments really anytime you want to, anytime you are ready to listen. 
anytime you are ready to receive what the Lord is doing in your life right now. So go get your new song. And think of what you've been through the last year, the last, the, maybe the last year and few months. Think as, as the sun is beginning to shine again, what has the Lord showed you? How has you seen that he is faithful? I mean, I see people in this room who have really, who've really had a challenging time over the last year. And I know that there is something stirring in their spirit that the Lord is showing them. And even just speaking that out is going to come it's going to come a point like it was last week when Peter says you are the messiah you are the anointed one where it's a point of ownership a memorial of what God has done in your life and who you are today because you have allowed him to so that's what a new song is and so I want to encourage you to get your new song this week and so before we do that this is the time in the service um, where I tell bad jokes that are relevant to the message, okay? And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, a new song of peace. Today we're going to talk about a new song of peace, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shalom. And I, I want us to consider peace and our pursuit of peace. I was, I, was, I was working with a couple the other day, and they were saying that my wife asked me if she could just have some peace and quiet while she tries to cook dinner. And the husband said, so, so finally I took the batteries out of the smoke alarm. <laughs> so I want you to consider this. This is an important question. So if you could have the choice, if you could have the choice, if you'd have a genie in the bottle and you'd have the choice of, of you, could have, you could make world peace happen or you could have all of Bill Gates' money. Okay, here's the choice. What color Ferrari would you have? Because that's what everybody would often choose, right? So one more bad joke before we go, all right? If... The pa- and this one is actually biblical. I loved this one. I thought this was, this was just a joke, but it's actually incredibly biblical. And somebody needs to hear this. They may just hear this joke, and this is the only thing you get out of this message today, okay? The path to inner peace begins with just three words. You ready for this? Not my problem, all right? And some of you need to receive that today. There's a lot of things we're consumed with that have absolutely nothing to do with you, and you are never meant to be consumed with. So with that note, let's begin uh, with a word of prayer. Well, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to open up your word this morning. Thank you for a new song. And I've said this now for a couple of weeks, and I don't quite know if, if those in the con- congregation quite understand what I'm talking about, but there is a melody There is something in the spirit of God that you are speaking to each individual here. Something that is personal, something something that is about their identity in you. Something that others can't really manipulate, something that, that others can't take away from them, or even that others can even give them. It's something that's been given to them by the living God that reminds them who they are, and even more importantly, who you are in their life. There's a song right now in their midst, but the question is whether they're listening, whether they're ready to receive and say, yes, Lord, thank you for this revelation. Thank you for how you have been present with me. Thank you for showing me what my priorities are. Thank you for being the God that is present. And today, as our message is about the God of peace, 
getting a new song of peace. Lord, may our hearts stir for what it is we really want more than anything else and what you are ready to give us in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today we're talking about Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. Now this is first mentioned in the book of Judges, in Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6 tells a story about a guy named Gideon. He was one of the judges of Israel. Judges is an interesting time in, in the Bible because it's, it's like this pattern, this circular pattern over and over again where they didn't have any clear ruler, which is why by the end of the book and as we go into 1 Samuel, they start calling out for a king. But they just inherited the promised land under Joshua, and now the Israelites are in this land, and they don't even know who the, after Joshua passes, it's like, who's, who's in charge of us now? Who's, who's leading us? And, and so whenever, and then oftentimes in those, those moments of uh, transition, they get attacked, and, and things look like they're going south really quick for the Israelites. And so they cry out to God to raise up a ruler, or just tell us what in the world it is we're supposed to do, and God sends someone. And then and so the, the person that he sent in this case early in the book of Judges is a man named Gideon. And Gideon, uh, in, in, in Scripture, when the Lord begins to speak to Gideon, he has this, the Lord does this thing that he does to all of you um, that kind of catches us by surprise. Gideon, to, to Gideon, he goes and calls him, the Lord has appointed you, the Lord is calling you, and he says, mighty warrior. Gideon's like, mighty warrior, this can't be God. I'm the... I am, my tribe at Manasseh is the weakest, and I am the least in all of my family. There's no way you're calling me. There's no way I'm a mighty warrior. Isn't that cool how the Lord has ways of seeing things in us that we would have never saw in ourselves? I'm going to say that again. Isn't it unique in your moment of conflict, in your moment uh, of wondering how you're ever going to get through something, that the Lord has a way of seeing something in us that we don't see in ourselves, as he called Gideon, mighty warrior. And so Gideon's kind of confused. Him. He's like, this is crazy. So, so he, Gideon, the, later Gideon lays out a fleece before God, but the first fleece that he lays out is, is basically this, he's communicating with an angel at this time. The angel tells him to go get, uh, go get a, you know, prepare a, an offering of goat and broth and flour, which is ironic because that's exactly what I had for dinner last night. But go, go, get, go get some goat and broth and flour and place it on this rock. And then, then the angel says, actually, even get rid of the broth. And all of a sudden, he can, the, from the rock comes a fire, and all of a sudden the offering is consumed. This is a lot like the burning bush scene uh, with Moses. And in that moment, Gideon, you got to hear me, hear me for a second. This is what happens oftentimes throughout the Bible when people see the face of God. Gideon thinks he is getting ready to die now. I just saw the presence of God, and I am now going to die. Oh, my gosh, that just happened. God is real. He's here in my midst, and I'm going to die now. That's Gideon's first instinct. And the angel says to Gideon, no, have peace, Gideon. The Lord is with you. And this is where Gideon in this place declares these words, Jehovah, Shalom, God, my peace. God is peace. Now, this is unique because it's parallel to what the peace offering was in the book of Leviticus. 
Remember, Leviticus was a time when there, the, the, the culture was polytheistic. That means every, there, were, there were many gods. The Israelites just came out of Egypt, a place where they worshipped many different gods. And, and, and everybody had the gods that they worshipped. And, and they wanted to know what it looked like to worship Jehovah, the one true God. And Leviticus made a very clear path in the tabernacle system for how you worship one God. Now, a monotheistic culture. And so, when they began, when they began to do this system, this tabernacle, tabernacle system, it was as if saying, this is how you can have favor with God. In other words, this is how you can have peace with God. And one of the, there's five main offerings, burnt, burnt grain, peace, guilt, and sin. But the main one, I mean, but the one we'll talk about today is the peace offering. What happened with the peace offering, you'd come and you'd, you'd usually sacrifice an animal. I say this like you, like you remember when you guys used to do this, right? But you'd, you sh- they would come and they would sacrifice an animal, and then they would offer grain, like the grain offering. So it would kind of be both parts, the burnt and the, the grain. They'd offer all of it. And they would do it often at a time when a vow had been fulfilled, uh, when a covenant was made between two people. And here's what's so cool about the peace offering, offering that was different than all the others was they would have a share of the meat that was consumed and the rest of it they would get to take back to their tribe uh, and, and they basically would throw a party. So this offering in essence was because I have peace with God, I can now have peace with others. What a profound concept. If you have peace with God, you will have peace with others and all of the other relationships that are going on in your life. And you know what? I bet you, I would say 99.999% times, that can be spinned the other way. If you don't have peace in all of your other relationships, if you don't have peace with people, you probably don't have peace with God. You're probably making a lot of things your problem that really don't need to be your problem. You're probably trying to control or thinking you can control a great amount of things, and especially people, when that was never what you were created for. But if you have peace with God, you can have peace with others. Now the Jews, the Orthodox Jews, and the Hebrews have a beautiful word for peace. Anybody know what it is? Hint, 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 hint. What? Shalom. Shalom. And they still say this um, to people. That's like, you know, we have our weird greeting that doesn't make sense. Like, you know, I would walk by to Vanessa and say, hey, how you doing? Turn the other way because I don't expect her to respond. Uh, Isn't that silly? (laughs) How that's become part of our culture. Like we pretend that we care, but we really don't. How you doing? Oh, man, now you're going to answer. Now I have to take time and listen to your response. I mean, that's how cold we've become. But Nonetheless, it's still a nice response if you actually really want to know, right? Good to see you. How's it going? Be prepared for an answer. As a pastor, I'm always prepared for an answer because people oftentimes have a lot to share sometimes when you ask that question. Um, so you be, if you're going to say that as a greeting, be prepared for the answer. It has nothing to do with my message today. But here's what the, the, what the Orthodox Jews would say. They say, shalom to someone. It's a greeting. Now, that greeting means peace be with you, but 
it means so much more than that. It means that you would be complete. You would be whole. It would also be a symbol of you and I, we're at peace with each other. You and I, we're in covenant, in some kind of covenant with each other, meaning just that we have a relationship that is mutual, that we're after the same things in life. It is a loaded, a loaded statement, and that's the most common greeting in Jewish culture, just simply shalom, shalom. And you can adopt that. If you want to adopt that, you'll freak a lot of people out. Then quit saying like, hey, how you doing? And just start saying shalom and see what happens. I'd love for somebody to try that. Just see what happens when you start saying shalom instead of, hey, how you doing? And, and see how they respond to you, okay? Um, so this is their, 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 their customary greeting. Wholeness and completeness, it's rooted in knowing who you are and being content and you being content in your own identity. You're going to have to be pretty content in your own identity if you're going to throw out a shalom to someone for the first time and not care how weird they look at you or whatever because it's not part of our culture. But, but part of that expression was that they, there's a, they were longing for this and communicating this sense of contentment, contentment with who they are and contentment with where they are at with the Lord. And so now for our text that we read this morning when it comes to peace, that's the old story about peace. And here is what... Peter is saying to the New Testament church in 1 Peter chapter 3. And I want to begin uh, with just the first couple of verses. These are the ones that mom had read a few moments ago. In verse, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 9. It says, Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. And on the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Now, these verses are, are written in the in context of 1 Peter 3. Which, and 1 Peter, Peter is writing to uh, a church that's basically um, that you have an ungodly culture around you. You have people that are persecuting you, and, and people that are persecuting the church. And he's writing to a culture about how to live in this ungodly society. And in this text, he's speaking specifically to the church. And he said, says things like, be like-minded, be sympathetic, have love for one another, and be compassionate. But even the deeper thing he says is in verse 9. He says, do not repay evil with evil. Well, I think we get that um, in our culture today, but he actually says, then he, but then he, then he actually tells us something we should do instead. He says, on the contrary, repay evil with a blessing. And in the Greek language here, the Greek language is a little bit more specific on, on the, the choice of uh, words that you are using. Meaning like instead of speaking a curse over someone, instead of speaking negatively about someone, speak well of them. And that doesn't make any sense at all uh, to, to our world today, does it? Peter simply says, uh, in, in this kind of a context, learn how to do something different. And so to, 
to unpack this, like, why would you even want to do something different? Now, remember, this is speaking to a church in the midst of an ungodly society, which we can say that's true of us today, too. But, but it's even more specific in the midst of people that want to kill them. Their ungodly was just that people don't really have high, our ungodly is that people don't high, have high values about things anymore. Their ungodly was not only do they have different pursuits and different gods that they worship, but they think Christians should die. Okay, so their church was a little bit of a a significantly different context than what ours is today. So here's what here's why. Here's what he is saying is the why for all this in verse 10. Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace. In the Hebrew, what's the word? Shalom. And pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, I referenced Hebrew there because that comes out of a psalm. Remember, New Testament's in Greek. The Old Testament's in Hebrew. That comes out of a psalm. That came out of Psalm 34 that Peter is referencing here. And he's challenging us to speak peace, not just, excuse me, to seek peace, but also to pursue it. To seek peace and also to pursue it. That means peace is what we want more than anything else. Now, to want it, I'm going to say this again, to actually want peace. Now, I think that's an easy thing to say that most of you want it, but many of you pursue a lot of things that aren't going to bring you peace at all. And in this context, he's actually talking about, you know, repaying evil for evil or just the words that are coming out of our mouth and deceitful speech, as you see as well in the psalm. So just the words that we use, how we communicate about people, how we communicate to, to one another. I mean, so there's a, lot of, there's, there's a lot of people, and I'm sure there's many of you in this room, that whether you, whether you want to you know, give the Christian answer or not, we like drama. We pretend that we don't. But, man, especially when it's somebody else's drama, man, that's fun to talk about. And it's, it, it's fun to, 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 to share these things with other people because I got something that you don't know. And we seek this kinds of stuff out. And does sharing that kind of information with someone, does that bring you any peace? Does that make you feel better about yourself because people, people's eyes lit up when you, you were about to tell a story about someone else and about to stir some drama up a little bit? Some of us want the drama and the conflict. You may not want it for yourself, but you, you love it when it's somebody else's. And, but there's many um, that, that, that they, they don't like the drama. They, I mean, excuse me, many that, that aren't even like that. They actually like it. They like to manu- they're like their own little drama production company. They like to manufacture it themselves. They have the gift of drama. <laughs> wherever, they, wherever they go, there's always something going on. There's always something a little bit more stressful about them that just doesn't need 
to happen. And this is Peter is, is speaking to this and addressing all of this. And see, church, here's what we have to understand. When it, when it comes to our walk with the Lord, when it comes to recognizing that we have a purpose here, drama distracts, but peace makes us available. I'm going to say that again. Pursuing drama distracts us from who we are and what we're called to do. But pursuing peace makes us available. And you can make a case that that is one of the biggest problems with the church in America today. Is that we are just not that available. We're available from Sunday between 1030 and 1130. And if we have time, maybe for Sunday school. But beyond that, and I'm not talking about church functions, but if somebody needs something from me, you know, I don't know. It's going to depend on how well it works out. And if someone needs my time and energy, I don't know. It kind of depends on what else I got going on. If someone needs me to be in a good mood and needs me not to be distracted, I don't know about that either. It's a problem in the American church is that we're often just not that available because peace pursuing peace for the purpose of being available, for having a heart that is soft and ready to love and willing to share, willing to give of yourself in some way, shape, or form. We're pers- the problem is that we're pursuing other things that we have prioritized, that we have placed of greater value. And Paul- Peter puts it all into one category here, and he just simply says, pursue peace. Sure, there's a lot of complicated things that you're going to have to deal with in life. Sure, your job's going to bring complicated things. Your kids are going to bring complicated things. Your relationships are going to bring complicated drama, whether you sought it out or not. And your, uh, your, 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 your relationships at work and the things that you have to do to make money, these are all going to be complicated enough, but you can still, within the context of all of those things, pursue peace. And I want you to know that your peace that the living God is ready to give you is right in front of you right now. It's a choice that you make. A choice that you make not to be consumed with 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 all of the other distractions in your life, but rather to be consumed actually with what matters most. And some of us, for maybe maybe it's that we have the power to make some things right, Maybe, maybe there's something you intentionally need to do to have peace. Maybe it, maybe it comes through a moment of prayer for you where, where, where you just get right with the Lord. You have the power to bring peace into your life, to get your new song of peace and revelation. Now, here's what's crazy, is all the other stuff that, starts, that Peter starts saying in these texts after this. I'm just going to read this, these, these verses real quickly to you. In verse 13, he says, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. He says this, always be, I could say, available. But he says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, your good behavior in Christ 
because of your, against your good behavior in Christ, they may be ashamed because of their slander. For it is better if, if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Those are pretty much pretty bold things that he just says in that passage. He would have the audacity to say that, yeah, you could die because you're going public as a Christian. But with all these people that say these malicious things about you, you need to be prepared to speak life to them. That's not just going to come because you're going to make a conscious choice in a moment when somebody says something nasty to you. It's going to come because you have an old song, you have a history with the living God where your refuge is where you find peace in him, where you've identified yourself is not like the rest of the world. I don't respond to stupid comments like everybody else does. I have learned how to respond with life, with respect, and with reverence for the God who has called me. I know I'm not getting a lot of amens here because this is not a comfortable word, but I promise you, you can, you can have a history with God and, get, and find some peace when you have a history with him so that you're prepared for every stupid comment, every conflict, every, every little piece of drama that you're going to have to deal with in life. And this is why Peter says, pursue peace. Because it's not peaceful out there. Not peace is going to happen to you. But a man or a woman who has peace will respond to not peace with peace. Am I giving that about as vanilla as I can? This is the truth of God's word and what Peter is speaking to us. It's yours. It's yours to gain. But one of the biggest things and I'm saying this with great reverence because there are a lot of people in this room even today that have gone through some stuff that are still going through some stuff and some stuff that shouldn't have happened to you has happened to you but I promise you you will not find peace while you are still being owed something while you still see yourself as being owed something as a victim while we are still labeling ourselves, while we still feel as if we're entitled, we will never find peace if we are a victim. Please don't get me wrong. We can come to terms with things that have happened in the past that that was wrong, that they have never should have done that, that this should have never happened to you. But the Bible is very clear time and time and time and time again that unless we learn to forgive, we cannot be forgiven. Unless we learn to move forward some way, somehow, we're not going to have peace. It's all just going to be some act in religion where we put our masks on. But there's a new song that's available to you when you're ready to make yourself available and pursue peace from the living God. There's peace that comes from the old song 
And the old song is that I am right with God. As we sung about the peace off, we talked about the peace offering and, and Gideon. But the new song is how you get right with God now. And it's addressed specifically in this text when he talks about repaying insult for insult, learning to keep our tongues from deceitful speech, or recognizing all the things that we are pursuing that will never bring us peace. I want us to think about that. The entitlement in our life. The things that we think we are owed. These are often the biggest barrier to a new song of peace in our life. That which God is ready to give you today if you will receive it. The last thing I want to share with you is in John 14, 27. This is what Jesus said to us pretty pretty close before his, his crucifixion and resurrection. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, and I do not give you as the world, as the world gives. But do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Questions for you. Do you have a new song yet? Is there a new revelation for you if you make a choice to pursue peace today? There is a new revelation for you today if you repay mistreatment with a blessing. And there is always a new revelation for you when you get right with God. You experience shalom. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for everyone that is here this morning. And I just feel like this message was not uh, that those that have come are recognizing that there wasn't a coincidence here. They made a choice to be here. They made a choice to be attentive to your word. And now you are speaking to them and reminding them that you are knocking on their door. As I've said many times before, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. He's ready. The Lord is ready to join us in our experience of life if we will only let him in. That's the sound of a knocking, the sound of our heart beating, reminding us that we're still here. There is no period at the end of anything in our life right now. God is ready to work in our midst. God is ready to bring us peace. For some, it may not be easy. For some, they may not think it's going to be an easy, as easy as it will be. The peace that may come through forgiveness. The peace that may come through speaking well of someone. The peace that may come for leaving the pursuit of drama. For leaving, all, for, for, for leaving the pursuit of the things that do not satisfy. The peace that comes from just saying to the Lord, even in the midst of of challenging experiences over the last year. Lord, thank you for being my God. Thank you for being the God that is present. Thank you for being the God that is peace and for not leaving me. It's because I want to be sensitive to the Spirit of God right now. 
I don't want to have. There's, there's nothing specific I, I want to share. I wanna, want you to keep your eyes closed and head bowed at this moment, but there's nothing specific I want to share because this message, I believe, is really personal to some. This can be really personal to some of you, that the Lord is speaking directly to some of you, and I mean it with complete reverence, nobody looking around. I don't see any eyes open, but I don't got my glasses on, so uh, uh, complete reverence right now. The Lord is speaking to you now. We talk about a new song. There's a new revelation that is available for you if you'll receive it. If the Lord is speaking to you just right now as acknowledgement with him, I want to encourage you to lift up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All across this room, your brothers and sisters are hearing God's voice. Now, that wasn't an act of religion that you just did. You can put your hands down. It wasn't an act of religion that you just did. That was you and the living God. I'm just simply here to pull it out of you a little bit. To remind you that what's taking place right now isn't coincidence. It isn't accident. <laughs> Your creator is speaking to you. Your creator is ready to give you something. Your creator is ready to change your life. And now it is your responsibility as a man or a woman of God to let him. I can't do that for you. But as you lean into the spirit of God in your life and you make those steps of trusting him, he sure will bring new revelation and a new song of peace into yours. So, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your peace is available to us, and that you have not left us alone. You are Jehovah Shalom, our peace. We thank you for your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you, church, to stand for your benediction this morning. And we remind you, your, uh, the offering plate is in the back, and we will have communion next week on Memorial Day weekend. And your benediction is going to come right out of 1 Peter uh, 3, verses 10 through 12. Or excuse me, verses 11 and 12. May, 10, 10 11, I'm sorry. I know you're real concerned that I got the numbers right. But may you love life. May you see good days. May you keep your tongue from evil. May you keep your lips from deceitful speech. May you turn from evil and do good. And may you seek peace and pursue it. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.